Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It's the ML Sports Platter brought to you by our good friend Brian Conboy at Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning today with Brian. Make sure you log on to advisors.massmutual.com. That's advisors.massmutual.com. We're also brought to you by the Allen Angus Pub, Sit Means Sit Syracuse, and our great friends at CNY Electrical. If you're in and around Central New York, great state of New York, you need the electrical work done, residential or commercial CNY Electrical is tremendous, man. Sean and his staff get it done. They go on site quickly. Um, they'll they'll evaluate it A to Z before they start their work. And uh, it's just a terrific group. CNYelectrical.com. Tip of the cap. Thanks as well to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the platform as well as the Vince Aguera Consulting Group. Let's bring in the next guest of the ML Sports Platter. I've known this guy for 20 or so years. We used to work together in central New York uh, on radio. Uh, You knew him for years as Captain John on Y94, one of the most distinguished voices, uh, one of the most uh, iconic voices in central New York. He's still at it, man. He's still in the business doing great things for WAER, local morning host, NPR's Morning Edition, anchor and a reporter, you name it, and he's doing some mentoring uh, and, and some uh, guiding along for those youngsters who are the next stars in our industry, and we'll get into that uh, deep dive as well with Captain John Smith. John, this is terrific to have you. So glad we were able to reconnect, my man. How are you? You're very welcome, uh, Mike. I didn't know that I would be uh, you know, worthy enough of a guest to be <laughs> on your podcast. Beyond worthy enough, beyond worthy enough. Um, I want to start just kind of for my listeners, um, you know, right when I remember right when I started early at, 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 in radio, you were, uh, you know, one of the best DJs then and, and still now I, I consider you as pretty much like a radio icon in this town um, for just what wow. you've accomplished, your voice, how you maintained it, how you, you know, how you carry yourself, how you helped other people. Um, you just, you had a way about you on the air. You still do. Um when did you fall in love with the business, and and then can you kind of get into with my listeners your your career up until now, you know, with your WAER work, and we'll get into the mentoring of students and all that. But can you kind of hit on those two things when you first fell in love with the business, knew you wanted to go into it really, and and then you know kind of where you've where you've been up until now? Well, Mike, uh, you know, the first inkling that I had uh, that I liked recording my voice was about the time I. Uh, turned five and a half. Uh, my <laughs> father gave me a cassette recorder and I began 
telling stories, recording my voice back. And, uh, you know, then, you know, just out of that, always had a love of music. Uh, we've always been musically inclined. My father was, you know, big time into uh, not only listening to music, but uh, even taught me how to drum. He was a drummer. And then, uh, you know, from, from, I would say, I don't know if it was probably my early teen years when I was listening to the radio a lot. And then I decided that, you know, it'd be cool to be on the radio someday, you know, and you know, maybe we should uh, DJ. And then it was uh, junior high school. I was in eighth grade. And uh, I can remember my English teacher, Mrs. Gleese. She had an annual manners banquet, and she said, uh, we need some entertainment uh, for this year. Uh, would anybody, you know, have a talent or anything or any proposal? And so I went up after class and I said to her, uh, hey, you know, I've got a lot of you know, records and, you know, I'm into DJ and I've just never you know, done it out in public before. You know, let me let me go home and ask my dad if he, you know, help me out, you know, bringing equipment and whatnot. And so we did that and it turned out it was a hit. You know, we didn't have the uh, professional DJ grade turntables where you could just, you know, quarter turn back, have a direct drive response, hit the button and be right there. You know, we just had to kind of wing it on the spot. And, uh, you know, from there you know, uh, started to mobile DJ with my father. And, uh, you know, as I got closer to the hiring age, um, you know, what a contest to be on the radio, actually. <laughs> so as the, as the years have gone by and you've been in it for so long, the, the industry is obviously when you and I met, I mean, it's, it, it's, it feels like a hundred years ago in a way. Cause I mean, it's changed so much with, how you have to be ver even more versatile and the social media aspect of it and the shrinking of media stations. And it's just, there's so many things that have changed. How have you changed while the industry has changed? Well, I was, uh, as uh, I would say, forced into change as a result of uh, a lot of things uh, that I, I don't entirely uh, quite understand probably to this day because uh, as you were gracious enough to acknowledge how long you've been on the air, I always had a history of you know high ratings, and uh, was even told I was researching very well when I was at, at the last station, a music format, and an afternoon drive. And uh, you know, uh, <laughs> automation as that became you know a preeminent force uh, of any broadcast station day. Uh, especially in uh, automated hours, which, you know, allowed uh, the shrinking of staffs and, uh, you know, the, the dwindling uh, budget uh, for, for live people, um, for the stations who, you know, favored uh, live people. Well, that, that continues mainly in, in mornings, uh, if you're going to see anything in, in markets and, and thankfully I, uh, you know, remain on in the morning, a, a day part that is, you know, highly listened to, uh, as well as, you know, afternoon drives, you know, another uh, day part. Um, but 
you know, my switch from, you know, news and information uh, from where I was uh, in an entertainment mode and, and sharing sometimes news and information and celebrity interviews, music artists, um, you know, all of that turned out like to be transferable to what I'm doing now. And I always wanted to do news. Uh, but, you know, when I got out of college, I couldn't seem to break into it because I was already a DJ. And, uh, you know, that seemed to be where the jobs were for me um, at the time. So um, I've, I guess my mindset has changed in that, um, you know, I still love music and, you know, would I like to host a music show again and do interviews with people? Uh, or just entertain an audience. Yes, I would love to do that. But I guess my enthusiasm has now shifted to more of, uh, you know, I'm still informing the public. I'm getting to meet really cool people I would otherwise not get to meet, uh, you know, both, uh, you know, very well-known people uh, or people of our community um, that, you know, have a story to tell uh, that, I, you know, is intriguing. And I get to share that with, with others. And on top of it, you know, I'm at Syracuse University uh, in a learning environment, uh, working with, you know, students from the Newhouse School who have this curiosity and enthusiasm of broadcasting that I can relate back to. And it wasn't that long ago. You and I both can relate to that. And, and now incorporating that element to what I do, it, it just takes me back and brings me back to the days where I had that enthusiasm and intrigue. So in a way, I feel like I'm just kind of paying it forward now and getting, you know, budding talent other way. So what do you think an 18 year old John Smith would do today to break into the business? Would you, would you go with more modern media in terms of, well, Hey, it's all right here in my lap. I got YouTube. I got Facebook. I got Twitter. I can just launch a podcast for free. I can just start doing it and start doing reps. Hell, I could do it in high school if I wanted to. There's middle schoolers out there starting podcasts right now. Um, would, would, would you do it more that way, or do you think you'd still kind of go traditional media-wise and, and try to blend the two? Well, you know, I, I think, yes, I think I would uh, definitely include the traditional media. That's just something that comes along with my heritage and my belief uh, in whether it's radio or TV, and I love both. Uh, you know, whether you're watching over the air signals from the broadcast tower or listening to it that way on the radio, I know there's other ways to listen to me in the morning through your smart speaker or mobile app or streaming the station online at you know, war.org if I can drop it in there. But beyond that, um, I'm more of a traditional kind of like heritage guys when it comes to broadcasting, because that's what I grew up with and that's what's inherent. Right. So now, you know, in fact, I was just talking to a new student, grad student today and saying that, Hey, you know, I remember when we didn't have cell phones and, you know, he chuckled. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. and I said, yeah, I make myself sound like I'm old. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. That's when that's when the chance came in. You're a geezer, right? You're right. you're so old, yeah. So, but you know, it's just what you uh, have grown up with. You know, yeah, 
uh, as new technology is introduced. Sure. I mean, you and I are learning this new technology. So, you know, in reference to your question of, you know, would I use social media challenge, uh, channels or podcasting? Uh, look, those are things that, uh, you know, I use, you know, Twitter and uh, I'm active with that. Maybe not as much as other people daily, but, you know, it's become part of what I look at every day. Um, and it is, it really is amazing as to what is accessible information wise. Um, but I really marvel at, at the younger people because they've grown up with it and they do things with it that I don't even think about, you know? And so, you know, I always promise myself that I'm going to, uh, you know, learn, you know, more ways to maybe get involved in that realm and, and developing new things. And, also, I'm always hopeful, too, that, you know, somehow, uh, you know, radio is incorporated um, in it as, as well. That, you know, I, not, not that radio is ever going to go away, I, because as long as we have cars and long drives, <laughs> radio isn't going away. That's how I feel. What are we looking at 10 years from now, media? What's it look like to you? Well, you know, for me, I guess it's all about, you know, your your daily routine. Now, I'm hearing, you know, some people, uh, especially the younger generation, watch their favorite TV shows at, at any time, where I'm still, like, part of the broadcast clock. I don't, you know, have uh, a recorder I set for TV shows. Uh, I, don't, I don't do that. I'm, I'm actually still uh, leaning towards what I've always done. Um, and that is watching programming as it's broadcast. Um, not that I don't, you know, go back and see a TV interview uh, or even a radio interview, listen to it online. I do. So um, I don't think anybody's really come up with a great way to incorporate it, especially as the internet has expanded, right? So it's just... There's so many options. Okay, am I going to use an app? Am I going to go to a website? You know, am I going to watch TV uh, or am I going to listen to the radio over the broadcast signal? Um, there's just so many choices now. I would love to see something like where media, uh, you know, a device of some sort, and maybe it's through our smartphones, you know, incorporated things more easily. I think the easiest, uh, you know, would be that I would really like to see happen, Mike. And I understand that, you know, it's, you know, the uh, communication companies, uh, you know, for cell phones and, and whatnot have the ability to just flick a switch, so to speak, and make our phones uh, broadcast receivers for radio. I don't know if it has that capability for TV just yet, but for radio, even though you, you can listen through mobile apps, I would like uh, to be listening to radio in like true broadcast quality sound, especially sound matters to me. You know, for years I've been favoring listening to CDs. It's only in the last couple of years that I finally said, hey, I'm going to use a mobile app uh, to listen to music, which it's great, but not enough of the library. Uh, is consistently, you know, delivered in, in the high uh, grade that it was recorded in, of, you know, that 
artists spent thousands or millions producing albums, right, uh, over the years. Um, and, you know, to some people who listen to music, not at the degree that I am used to listening to, again, the, the younger generation, they might not realize just how awesome a CD sounds uh, at a much, uh, you know, higher uh, bandwidth, uh, you know, like a wave file or what have you. But I, I got to say, some of the newer releases I'm hearing right now just blow me away uh, when I'm listening to them in the car from my phone. I'm like, this is coming from my phone? I know. It's, it's incredible. I know. Right? I know. It really is. I mean, you listen to a podcast and it's, you know, like if you listen to the high-end podcasts, the best technology, the biggest platforms, you know, like your bar stools and the ones that simulcast TV, you know, with me being such a big sports guy, you know, like Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen, Tony Kornheiser, uh, I listen to all those guys, a couple of bar stool podcasts as well. And it's just like, I mean, it's, 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 it's studio quality, man. And then some, I mean, it's, it's wild right through your phone, right through an app. It's exactly it. Studio quality. That's what I'm looking for. And I'm hearing that uh, a lot of companies like Apple are, you know, wanting to move towards that because I think uh, the pandemic caused uh, them to realize, especially when they're hearing that vinyl is being pressed now, (laughs) uh, that people do pay attention to the sound and the source of the audio quality they're getting. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, John Smith, our guest here, uh, a longtime broadcaster, Central New York anchor reporter, local co-host of Morning Edition. Get him on Twitter at jsmithwaer and, of course, waer.org. When you deliver on air, when you're anchoring, when you're reporting, today's world is so, you know, hey, I got to get it quick. I got to deliver it quick. I got to be first. I got to this. I got to that. And then there's a lot of competition to it. Um, people are always kind of looking over their shoulders still in media a lot. When you, when you deliver, what are you trying to emphasize? What's, what's important to you when you deliver it to the audience, John? Well, Mike, I I look at every story as, as different, you know, like I, I never know when I'm going to be assigned a story, you know, just in any given day off the cuff that I'm not expecting, uh, case in point, you know, today was one of them. And, uh, you know, members of Harriet Tubman's family came from Auburn and uh, they're getting behind uh, an idea. Let's say if there was a replacement to the I-81 viaduct for Syracuse uh, and maybe a bridge and a, and a community grid or just, just a bridge to allow the free flow of traffic as we know it now, um, you know, I, I get to meet people. I get to hear uh, their opinions on things. And so I, I take a story knowing that a lot of people uh, are in favor of the community grid option, right, in Syracuse to kind of rid the social injustices of the past, uh, the neighborhoods that were taken away when, you know, through eminent domain when ID1 was built through Syracuse. So I try to represent you know, what opinions, uh, you know, people have. And, you know, it's, it's not for me to judge, um, but it's to get those opinions out there, if it's an opinion-based piece, or if it's just a story of news of the community that 
people, you know, need to know about. Um, also interviewed a group that, you know, came, uh, some members from Rochester and uh, Saratoga yesterday to rally uh, their state legislators uh, as the new incoming governor, Kathy Hochul, uh, just took office to get uh, health care, uh, like a single payer health care system. So, you know, I'm sharing their own experiences, why they think a single payer system, you know, would work. And, and then I, you know, hear sometimes stories from people of, you know, their own tragic experiences. And, you know, I make a call as to, you know, what I want to include in the story. And, uh, you know, yesterday, you know, when I included them in a story, I was like, wow, you know, uh, they're just, you know, people that should be heard. Um, so I just, I guess I'm kind of like the messenger, uh, Mike, as I see it, uh, journalist that, you know, gets the stories out there and, you know, hopefully, you know, lets people know what's going on or, you know, what they should be paying attention to um, as uh, whether it's health care or deciding, you know, which uh, traffic plan for I-81 is going to be uh, the best foot forward. Um, and, and right now, i got to say, you know, to that end, uh, seems to be that there's a lot of opinions out there and that might be one of the, the biggest uh, decisions uh, that is, is going to, you know, come down um, and how that affects families, businesses, and the surrounding suburbs uh, is, is going to be key to, you know, how we, how we move forward for not only now, but for generations to come. So that's exciting, you know, for me to be a part of the discussion to, uh, deliver the news. When did you feel like you had arrived as a professional that, hey, people know me. Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, the station's doing well. I'm doing well. The ratings are well. Like, I'm, I'm feeling it. You know, I, I've arrived. I'm here. I, I feel like I've, 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 I've done it. You know, I've, I've gotten over the hurdle. D- did you have a moment? Well, you know, I would say, uh, like that, you know, through the years, uh, if I look at the music stations where I was a DJ slash on-air personality, which it moved more towards on-air personality. And, of course, uh, as you know, I used to be a music director of a 100,000-watt radio station here in town. And um, I guess when, you know, not only I would see ratings, but uh, also uh, see station ratings on a whole that indicated that, you know, well, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm doing something here that that is good. You know, case in point, the first time, uh, you know, the first Christmas after September 11th, uh, I was I was tasked at hand with delivering the first, you know, 24 hour Chris all Christmas format, <laughs> and uh, you know, I said, oh my gosh, well, you know, how are we going to make this sound like variety? Uh, you know, because People might get bored out of this was my you know first thought. But years ago, as as a teenager, I suggested it, and uh, some of the broadcast executives just laughed at me. And <laughs> years later, I was asked to do you know just that. So I programmed it, and, and it worked well. Um, and you know, I had a certain recipe for that, obviously, that I kept in mind. Um, and as far as I guess. You know, recognizability 
for me was when, you know, I got out in the community more at whatever respective station and people would show up and, you know, you talk or people would call in. Um, but I would say I really realize it, you know, more now uh, as far as my interaction uh, with the community as my, in my current role uh, on the air in the morning drive time uh, during morning edition on an NPR member station and also getting out in the community and bringing, you know, the future reporters out. Uh, and also, you know, in the morning too, I have the future sportscasters out on me. And I think the interactions with the students who are learning broadcast journalism and sportscasting through the years um, has made me really realize that, um, you know, I hear from people in the community when I produce a certain story. But also I hear from the students over and over, uh, especially through the years of how much they've learned from me. You know, when you have a young person tell you that you've positively impacted them uh, and, and the trajectory of their career, and, uh, maybe the success as they went along in school where they might not have had, uh, you know, a lot of confidence because it's, it's all about confidence building, right? As we're going through and learning the ropes and, and what we want to do. Um, so that, that confirmation, I guess, you know, for me has been most meaningful, uh, out of all the stations I've been at, at Syracuse University and the WAR. I got two more for you, John. Did you have anybody you looked up to when you were young, getting into it, you know, who you listened to a lot? Well, uh, you know, locally, um, I used to listen to, uh, you know, Big Mike, uh, who, Big Mike Fiss, uh, and I won the DJ contest I referenced earlier, uh, and I became his junior DJ. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, that was in September, and then after my birthday, the following uh, summer, I got hired by the station because I had turned 16. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, Mike uh, was was great, and and the cast around him, uh, Dick DeLine, who who did the news then, Dennis Brogan, who better known to Central New Yorkers as the Dome Ranger. Uh, you know, they were really great. They welcomed me, and and they, they kidded me. But, you know, at the same time, you know, they were like, oh, gosh, you could do better things with, you know, your life here. You need it, you know, as Mike would tell me, you need a, a hobby for yourself. And I'd say, well, this is my hobby. He says, well, trust me, get another one. You know, and <laughs> I think they were trying to prepare me, as, you know, especially Mike, that, you know, I might enjoy the moment of being on the air. But there's the business side of the business that you're you're not aware of. And, you know, as any young person walking into something might not see it. And as far as a matter of livelihood, you know, uh, you don't necessarily question, hey, can I make a career out of this uh, the rest of my life? So, um you know, Mike, uh, I would say, you know, was, was instrumental uh, in that way. And, you know, my parents, I would say, you know, would, uh, you know, be the preeminent force of, of, uh, of solidifying my dreams and <laughs> saying that, yes, you can go after this. You can do anything you want. And, and my mom and dad were always uh, there for me in, the, in that regard. 
to have parents that uh, believed in me, you know, uh, while I also had a severely handicapped brother, Sean, who was born healthy, but turned sick at five and a half because, you know, I was three, was it three and a half weeks? Okay. My executive producer, my mom's in the background, three, three and a half weeks old. I, but what I meant when I said five and a half, I was actually uh, that age when Sean was born. So sorry, sorry, I mixed that up, Mom. But, uh, you know, uh, and Sean, uh, yeah, he had spinal meningitis and, uh, you know, which caused him to have severe brain damage and he was totally bedridden. So he couldn't do anything for himself, but he had a beautiful smile. He was legally blind, but he could see shadows some days uh, better than others. And he was laser quick at recognizing who you were and when I came home and, and recognizing all of our voices. So, Mike, I guess the other very important thing is that while Sean was being cared for, I was in my bedroom, which I kind of turned into a makeshift radio station because I would get a piece of equipment every Christmas to build upon you know, having a, a radio station and the ability to go from one record to the next, just like the radio station. Mm. So I, I had that going on, uh, you know, too. So I explored my career ambitions, you know, as it was growing up, especially in my teen years, um, and just practiced it. And even if I wasn't DJing, I was practicing reading news, you know, and some of the best advice I ever got from my parents was, you know, uh, when I read news and they were like, well, you know, your voice hasn't changed yet, but use your own voice. Don't try to deepen it. Be you, you know. And so they knew inherently, I guess, some of the things that I would be told later on uh, in my career pursuits. Or, or critiques of my work, you know, so. Well, that, that advice is amazing because you hear it a lot from program directors, you know, especially like with sports talk hosts, you know, it's, hey, don't, don't try to make your voice somebody else's. You're you, carve your own path, carve your own style. I think that's, that's great advice, and, and, and just the throwback stories are amazing. I knew this was going to be amazing. That's why I, was, I wanted to bring <laughs> you on because I also surfed through your Twitter timeline and found you and Dan Horde on a picture back in the early nineties. So all these names and memories and moments and photos and, and, and just old school, you know, that's what we call it. Us radio guys now who are, you know, not spring chickens anymore. We call it, we call it old school radio because it really then was old school. I mean, I, a lot of young people think that we were born before the civil war, but you know, we, you know, it wasn't that, you know, it it wasn't that long ago, but yet it was that long ago. You know, you kind of go through that, the, the, the mix of it, it it's um it's just been incredible my, my my last one for you is this when when you get done delivering uh the news when you get done anchoring when you get done reporting what do you hope the listener says about you well i i hope that they know that uh, i take you know both my delivery on the air and the content that i write and produce very seriously because I think they uh, have come to expect a very high level, uh, you know, product from WAR uh, as, as listeners. And 
and I hope that they know that, uh, you know, I, I do take a lot of time uh, to produce uh, actually, you know, several hours in a day. Uh, it's not uncommon that, you know, <laughs> I'm leaving work, you know, mid-afternoon, sometimes even later, depending on the day, just because I want to see something through. Like, I want to put, you know, John's mark on it, you know. Um, and when I'm able to do that, uh, you know, I just feel like, okay, I've accomplished something. And, you know, as far as a radio listener, when I'm live, uh, you know, I, I just kind of use those fundamentals in my mind of, you know, what I expect to anticipate when I'm listening to the radio and, and what I would like. And, you know, beyond the uh, news and information, uh, as far as the personality side, I, I hope that they know whether I'm Captain John Smith spinning the hits or if I'm, I'm just John Smith without the moniker that, uh, you know, I know you're there. I, I see you and I enjoy your presence. And thanks for taking time out of your busy day to think enough to not only, you know, listen to the station beyond listening to the station that, that you love to listen to. Hopefully if, if you enjoy listening to me, uh, you know, during a time slot that they might've listened to for years, even before my arrival now approaching almost 15 years and they, you know, make it a daily habit or, or weekly habits, you know, for, for that, I could feel like, you know, I've accomplished something that I've been able to, uh, you know, can continue on. And also here's another validation, you know, too, that is nice. Mike is when I can go places, uh, and people recognize my voice in a conversation, but might not even know my name and say, wait a minute, are you, yeah. I, I recognize your voice, you know, yep. those moments are really, really cool, you know, uh, and they happen here and there. And that tells me that, well, you know what, all those years ago when I was a kid, you know, trying to perfect my voice and my delivery that, you know, if I can say something to the young up and coming budding talent, you know, be who you are now, use your voice now to the best of its ability and you can support it in certain ways. Um, and, and it can be a stable, consistent sound, right? But, you know, if you dream of having a big voice someday and it's not big enough yet for you, hang in there. It's on the way. Just work hard. But you got to let life take its course. Because I grew very impatient as a kid sometimes, wanting my voice to deepen. And I had a fairly deep voice as, as a young, uh, you know, teen. But it wasn't until years later that the voice that I, I dreamt of having, I believe I... I recognize it now that I have it. And I feel so blessed, Mike, that I've been able to guide others in their pursuits in that regard, whether it's their voice or their other broadcast talents. Well, this was incredible. The voice, iconic, the personality, legendary uh, for so many listeners out there. You know him, John Smith, at jsmithwaer on Twitter. Go give him a follow. The uh, terrific local morning host, NPR's Morning Edition, anchor, reporter. 
been doing it for decades now. And John, more importantly, I'm uh, really, really honored to call you a friend. So uh, thank you for, for doing this. The stories were, were incredible. The advice for youngsters, incredible. And uh, hey, in, in due time in the coming weeks, let's uh, meet up on the hill and we'll grab some slices and shoot the bull, man. Well, that sounds uh, excellent, Mike. I greatly appreciate you reaching out. Let's do that. And if I could say one more thing, and that would be uh, to uh, all of the WAR alum, Newhouse alum, I've had the pleasure of working with through the years. And uh, the alum that I've just met over the years that I did work with uh, while they were students, uh, it's an honor to know all of you. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Bryant & Stratton College, Stanley Law Offices, and Welch & Company Jewelers. Go ahead and log on to welchjewelers.com, the best jewelry around. The official jewelry store of the ML Sports Platter is Welch & Company Jewelers. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group and Burton Ace Hardware. Man, they've got it all at Burton Ace Hardware. I'm telling you, they've got local distributors, pickles and barbecue sauce. They have grills. They've got your pot soil. Uh, they've got all kinds of uh, different uh, amenities and equipment for uh, you if you're a fisherman. Go to Burton Ace Hardware. They've got every single exterior and interior paint as well. Burton Ace Hardware, Route 11 in Burton, just off the Bartell Road exit if you're in and around Central New York in front of the Burton Bridge. Burton Ace Hardware is the official hardware store of the ML Sports Platter. Big time thanks to John Smith. I'm Mike Lindsley, ML Sports Platter here. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.